Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast. My name is Miguel, episode 72. P. Ross had to go to work, so he's coming, uh, you know, straight from work. <laughs> how's it going, P. Ross? Live from the Millennium Falcon. You know what I mean? We are in the building. What's up? What's up, buddy? So, hey, we got not one guest. We got two guests with us today. So, um, you mind doing the intro? Okay, first of all... uh. I've watched this guy's YouTube videos. He actually has two YouTube channels. <laughs> okay? Greg from I Like Watches 1 and 2. And then we got James. Uh, his Instagram is JF underscore watches underscore 99. They are in the building right now today. Let's get into it. How's it going, gentlemen? Yeah, very good. Thanks, buddy. How you doing? Doing fantastic. James, how's it going, it buddy? Awesome. Yeah, very well. Nice, yeah. nice. Now we're all in different parts of the world. So I'm I'm in Southern California. My man P. Ross is in uh, Ohio. The great state of Ohio. That's eh, debatable. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and 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 what about you guys? Where are you guys uh, located? James, uh, I'm located in, in Ontario, Canada. Nice, mm. Gary. And I'm in the southeast of the UK or England in Maidenhead. Very okay. nice. Very mm. nice. That's cool. It, it's so cool that uh, the watch collecting can bring uh, people together from all over the world, right? Different 100%. backgrounds, Absolutely. nationalities. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the screen, people. I mean, and everybody listening, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see what I'm talking about. Different nationalities, different parts of the world, but we all have something in common, you know? Absolutely. So that's, yes, that's pretty cool. So I'm interested to know what's on you guys' wrist. So why don't, why don't we start off, I guess, with uh, to my left, to my right, uh, uh, James, and then kind of go from there. All right. So I have the Exiton prototype on my wrist on a mm. strap. Um, you know, I've been loving this thing. Uh, you know, bringing this design to life was just a dream of mine. And I don't actually really know how it happened, but it happened <laughs> now. <laughs> I, I know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about it. So, I, I guess before we go really further into the wrist checks, just to let everybody know uh, that's watching and listening, uh, these two actually started a watch company, J and G, and we're going to talk about that. Talk about it them individual individual eh, individually, and then talk about the the watch. So, James, what's uh, I mean, uh, Gary, what's on your wrist? So I'm in the process of wearing the San Martin SN019. Mm. That's their uh, homage to their uh, to the most recent um, Rolex Submariner. And because I'm going to review it soon, I like to wear the watches for a day or two at least. Um, but I have been wearing this one, I must confess, um, for more than just a day or two. I did consider wearing my Exciton, but I had a sneaky feeling James would be wearing his. Uh, I might mm. be in trouble for not wearing it at the end of the video. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I've had this on all day, uh, so it's what I'm rocking at the moment. Yeah, I love it. It's a good watch. Very cool. Piros? Seiko 5 SNK uh, 789 on straps, coach strap, leather strap. What is that? Bizarre. So, you know. Sorry. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Well, today I'm wearing my classic and the, the, the rebuy for me. I sold it and had to rebuy it. The Seiko Sarb 033. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. King leather strap, so custom leather strap here. Classic. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys yes. have 
ever handled a I just sold my 033 and replaced it with a 035. I I was you were I was gonna give you so much grief and then you you saved the day by saying that man, there's such amazing watches. I mean, now it's not a great value, but when they were at retail, incredible. It's just like, how can you get this for 300 bucks or 350? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're nowhere near that these days, nowhere near it. No, and and you know, people keep commenting back to my video review, and I did this well over a year ago. And people, you know, keep commenting like, "Is the Sarb still a great value?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> depends what you <laughs> what you mean by value." But seven hundred bucks, eh, probably not, you know. But if you could get it for maybe five or less, it's it's an icon, and I think it's probably just going to go up. So maybe, you know. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, let's let's talk before, about you. before we get started. I just want to say, uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest rappers of all time. DMX passed away this week. Um, yeah, one of the greatest, definitely. You know what I'm saying? So may he rest in peace for sure. Okay, all right. I thought that you were gonna do your little roof or your little bark, but uh, nah, bark. nah, nah, no, no bark. All right, no bark. All right, uh, yeah, I, I'm maybe not sure. At the end, maybe at the end, maybe at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if our if our guests even listen to rap music or know who DMX is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you a rapper little, a, li- yeah. a little bit every now and then. Okay, okay. Now I know for sure DMX definitely uh, changed the game and and brought something different uh, to the table. And obviously, he suffered from um, addiction, and that's definitely a real problem. That mm-hmm. it's an epidemic, you know. And hopefully, anybody listening or watching, if you if you have some kind of issue, please get help and always love yourself first. So, you know, we'll leave it at that. But uh, anyway, if, if you guys don't mind, let, let's talk about you guys, James. Uh, we can start off with you real quick. Just kind of let the people know who you are and uh, what got you into watch collecting. And then Gary, we'll, we'll, uh, go, we'll go with you. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, my name is James on Gary's uh, channel. He mentioned that I'm a scientist and I am. I uh, cool. finished my uh, bachelor's of chemistry a while ago, and then after that, I finished my PhD in photonics under the Department of Electrical Engineering. Mm. And during that time, um, I've been uh, loving mechanical watches. Um, I got my first mechanical watch pretty much at the end of high school, and that was the Orient Mako. Uh, oh, nice. Yep, which I still have. And then I've been wearing mechanical watches ever since, and... I know you guys heard of the term like, oh, uh, no one really needs a watch these days. But for my occupation, a watch is a very dependent tool and it's something that I rely on every day. Um, and then towards the end of my graduate school, I realized that there wasn't really a watch that suited my needs. Um, and so I wanted to design one. And then from one thing that led to another, I contacted Gary and then we got this thing made. Um, and we can talk more about that later. Very cool. Now, let me before we we move on to uh, Gary. Is there a lot of uh, magnetism in your field or where, where in your line of work where maybe you you need something like the male gals, right? And that's what it was designed for back in the days for you know anti magnetism, all that stuff. That is an excellent question. I will tell you that I work with magnets pretty much every single day. However, I have never been personally affected by magnetism. Interesting. Right? Um, mm. I've also worked with instruments with very, very strong magnetic fields. And when you're working with things like that, uh, you're not wearing a watch anyways. You take all of your metal objects off of you. 
Um, and by the way, the, mil the Rolex Milgauss is not even uh, tested to withstand those magnetic fields. So I'm talking about wow. NMR instruments. Um, so people who use a Milgauss and use NMR, just take your watch off and uh, <laughs> run your samples that way. <laughs> Good to know. I just got to quickly ask that, James. Sorry to butt in, but do you play with lasers? I keep I, I keep talking about on my channel that you're playing with lasers and stuff. Just put me out of my misery. Do you play with lasers? <laughs> so the short answer is yes, but the long answer is my specialty is not in lasers. So I use okay. lasers to analyze my samples, but then I never built one myself. And but some... you're not trying to fix them on the heads of sharks? <laughs> no. No, okay, no, no, just... <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> you said the uh, Orient Mako was your first mechanical watch. Yes. Um, was there any other choices in making making that first decision on buying? Yeah. So it's really funny because I was watching uh, YouTube during that time, and then I saw a watch with a sweeping seconds hand, and I've never noticed that ever existed in real life. So then I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. I wonder what this is. And I found out about mechanical watches. And this was towards the end of high school. So I said, you know, I'm graduating high school. I want a really nice watch. You know, something a little nicer. Maybe a Rolex Submariner. Mm -hmm. And then at that time, <laughs> like, Rolexes are pretty expensive. They're probably, what, like $200? And then when I saw the actual <laughs> price, I was like, <laughs> I, I never knew that wow. this cost $7,000. And keep in mind, this was like... Uh, maybe over a decade ago. So Rolex prices weren't skyrocketing, but $7,000 for a tiny, tiny object just made literal no sense, literally no sense to me. But then now I'm very desensitized to the prices and you can find a Rolex Samarina for $7,000. You better buy everything that you have. I'll take two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting, right? How when we become uh, watch collectors, you become desensitized to to price. It happens to me all the time, you know. I, I, and I've said it before. I'll look at a pair of pants or a pair of shoes, and I'm like, "Dang, a hundred bucks for that? That oh no, that's that's too much." But then I look at a Seiko Five, right, and and the older ones, and it's a hundred bucks or eighty bucks, and I'm like, "That is a steal." I am taking three of those. Like, it's so cheap. <laughs> well, man. But uh, Gary, how about you? Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about you. Of uh, you know, oh man, so it started for me when I was really really young, and I was really young many many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a kid, the internet, not even computers existed. So as a kid, I used to um, used to get like um, big thick um, magazines. If you wanted to go shopping without going to the shops, it's like you know big catalogs. And um, if I wasn't looking at toys as a youngster, as a really young kid, um, I was looking at watches. I was just obsessed with watches. And I got my first adult watch when I was like seven years old. And I used to have to wear it on a big, thick sweatband to make sure it fit me. <laughs> and ever since then, I was just, I don't know what it was, just obsessed with watches and always, always had adult watches growing up. But then I went and um, uh, what played was their first watch. Uh, it was an old, believe it or not, a dive watch, um, but it was mm -hmm. like, um, it had loads of complications on it and stuff. It had a rotating bezel. Um, I mm. think it was a Casio. I mean, we are talking okay. almost 40 years ago now. 
from when I had right. that watch. But um, yeah, funnily enough, I tried to find that exact model so that I could potentially rebuy it. Um, but I've been uh, unable to find it. I've trawled through the internet um, and, and I can't find it. But I've got pictures of me, funnily enough, as a kid wearing it. I just can't see them well enough to see what it is. But, um, but yeah, then as I sort of became um, late teens, early early 20s um i played a lot of sport um, and i worked on building sites so i stopped wearing any any rings any watches anything um and so for about 20 years i just lost interest in watches but then i'd say five six years ago i got an office job and started wearing watches again and i just with the youtube stuff just it just takes over i mean i literally spent every spare minute watching um reviews um learning about watches and then i just started to buy you know uh, siegel 1963 the bambino all the ones that you know have been reviewed to death and it just escalated from there again and i don't even want to tell you how many watches i've got now but um they're for the channel they're for the sure. channel they're not for me sure. I, <laughs> I, I don't really want them um i just have to get them for the channel sure <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> tell myself oh. that every day <laughs> it's for every the channel day. it's a business expense it's fine yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, right. how can i review watches if i don't buy watches you know <laughs> right so speaking of the channel what made you uh start a youtube channel I one more let alone two youtube <laughs> i channel. just wanted more watches <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even lying that is that is that is the truth. And I thought, how can I get more watches um, and somehow fund the purchase of those watches? Nah, it is sort of that, to be honest. Um, I've always enjoyed um, making videos, being creative. I've always also really enjoyed passing on knowledge and telling people about good deals, um, you know, whatever it is. You know, if I find something that I think is a bargain, I, I tell everyone. Um, and so it it's sort of... I wouldn't say it happened accidentally, but I just thought I've collected a few watches now. Um, you know, I would like a few more, but they are quite expensive. Um, I'll have a go at reviewing one. And I never, ever expected it to become um, such an obsession. But yeah, um, I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyable. What about you, James? You never thought of starting a YouTube channel? Um, based on everything that you guys talked about, it looks like it's a lot of work. And it is <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. You know, if I spend all that time making YouTube videos, I'm not going to be making watches. So you know, I got to. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. So how how did you two meet? So we we, we could kind of segue into into your watch. I'll let James wanna... tell that story because um, it's all it's all it's all down to James. Oh, mm. nice. Okay. Right. Uh, so a long time ago when. Uh, Gary was uploading videos on his first channel. Um, there was one time when Gary said, like, oh, this Chinese seller, Lug Yu, really wanted to rebrand their name. And then he, you know, had a contest and people chose the names. And then he said, we need somebody to design the logo for Kronos, which is the name now. And then I said, okay, I'll give this a shot. But then at the same time, I already had a watch uh, designed in the 3D software program. And I said, I have to get this watch made, but I don't know how I'm going to get it made. And, you know, Gary is picking up a bunch of subscribers, so I'm going to show this to him. And if he says no, then he says no. But if he says yes, then I'm not really sure what happens next. So I sent uh, Gary the Kronos logo design, which, by the way, was not picked. 
Um, so- <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Somebody else got won that one. But- it wasn't my choice. I wasn't the one picking it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so I sent him the logo design, and then I'm like, by the way, I made a watch. Want to check it out? And again, he's like, yeah, of course, send it over. And then I guess Gary was very impressed with what I've done. Um, and then he's like, let's get this made. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't expecting this to happen. Um, right. So Gary presented it to his channel, uh, his second channel, I Like Watches too. Um, and then over time, um, we received a lot of suggestions. We made some changes. Um, and then within a few months, uh, we got all the orders in. And then within, you know, a little less under than half a year, we got all 100 watches delivered to the customers. And this was a surreal experience for myself, mm. um, seeing everything come alive. Yeah. Damn, that's very cool. Congratulations, guys. Um, yes, sir. So as yeah, I, mentioned- just wanna, I just want to add to that. Sorry, I just want to say his initial drawings blew me away. Um, it was a no-brainer for me, absolute no-brainer. And um, I, I think actually James might have sent the drawings to another channel, and I don't even think they they um, they responded or were interested. But as soon as I saw his initial drawings, I just looked at it and thought, "This is yeah, this is really good." And they weren't just like flat 2d drawings they were proper 3d professional drawings nice. i knew he was talented so um yeah we did tweak the design but wow i mean his first drawings just um yeah really good really good wow so you guys uh mentioned 100 watches so let's talk about that a little bit right so you launched 100 watches uh were you guys surprised by the uh support that you got from the community and uh and yeah let's talk about that that initial 100 what yeah, was it to like? some degree i'm going to take this question james if that's all right because uh it was still quite a lot of work to sell a hundred watches at cost um which is what we did and funnily enough we actually wanted to just make 10 watches um but the production costs of 10 watches um, is was just unreasonable um, because the costs of making molds and, you know, um, because this watch yeah. wasn't made with parts off a shelf. Um, you know, it's, a, it's a, an original design. So, um, so we, we spoke to Maxi at Kronos and Maxi said minimum order a hundred. Um, and to be honest, I think Maxi was doing this a huge favor um, because the minimum order now for the second run is, is three fifty, I think. Um, so we, <laughs> when we realized we had to sell a hundred watches, we were a bit, oh man, that's, that's going to be hard work. And it was yeah. actually hard work to some degree because I didn't have a watch. I had nothing. I just had drawings and persuading a hundred people to give you $200, um, you know, is, is really difficult when you've got no guarantee they're going to get a watch. Um, it took many, many, um, videos and um you know months of sort of persuading and cajoling and eventually we did get um get did get what well, we got enough buyers to, to buy enough watches and um yeah everybody seems to be pretty much um thrilled with it so so yeah but it, it wasn't that easy um yeah it wasn't that easy so first if i'm understanding this correctly the first time around it wasn't kickstarter it wasn't 
Yeah. Indiegogo, it was just you and your channel and basically your supporters. Yeah, I, I did a lot of admin um, because I basically um, had spreadsheets all over the place. I was, you know, taking orders, collecting money. Um, you know, I did some sort of admin stuff in the background while James worked with uh, Maxi at Kronos to basically finalize the design. Um, and it works really well with James having, you know, the experience and the skills that he has. Um, and, you know, I was doing all the sort of front of house stuff, um, the videos, the collecting um, details of, of people. So, yeah, um, we did consider Kickstarter, but then we thought because we've got a finite number of watches, it's only 100. Let's just try and avoid the fees, do it ourselves. Yeah. We want to keep it as low, the cost as low as possible. We made pretty much no money. We, we just worked out roughly what all of our costs were going to be. And we just sold them for that amount of money. I mean, it's a dive watch with the Miyota 9015 in it. It's beautifully made. And we sold the first 100 for $200. That's um, crazy. You, you just will not who's... find. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable value. The, the, the next watch is not going to be $200. <laughs> yeah. See, people mm. don't, people fail to realize this. And I, I understand because I've spoken to enough people that uh, you get your prototype fee, right? And and you're, you're lucky that... Uh, James is able to have the 3D renderings because 3D mm. renderings alone are expensive. I've heard yeah. costs out there from people uh, close to between five and eight thousand dollars just for the engineering fees, right? Just yeah. for the proto, not even for the prototype, just the 3D renderings. Then each prototype, depending on what you want, is going to cost you, you know, anywhere between fifteen hundred up to four thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Then you have your tooling fees because you're not using off-the-shelf um, mm -hmm. things, right? You're not going in a catalog. You you're, you're, so there's tooling feed for this and for that and like those tooling fees are expensive so people don't realize they think yeah. oh we're just gonna get it made in china yeah okay but somebody still needs to set up this whole thing yeah. and, you and to i gotta say um, you know when you talk about stuff being made in china um i think there's this misconception that um it's not particularly professional it's sort of a bit you know, right uh, you yeah. know you want to watch made yeah no worries we'll just draw something on the back of a cigarette packet and we'll make it I am um, blown away with the professionalism and the processes that are being gone through with James and Maxi to get not just the first watch made, but the second watch made as well. It's mind blowing. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's unbelievable. No, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I've seen a little bit behind the curtains and, and I could tell that, um, yeah, China has a bad reputation. I mean, Granted, there is a lot of crap coming out of there, uh, but when you want something good, especially in this in this kind of sector of watches, a lot of people fail to realize that a lot of the big Swiss companies get their stuff made in China and just assembled in Switzerland. So they're they're just kidding mm -hmm. themselves, you know what I mean? But two hundred dollars for what you offered on that first watch is incredible value. I mean, that's I don't even know how you were able to sell it that cheap. To be honest with you, that's crazy. Well, because we made that money. <laughs> man that's, that's how we i mean the amount of time that james put in was unbelievable but we knew it was going to lead hopefully to something um in the future and it's very difficult to get people to um buy a watch from two guys who have never met i mean we've never met you know um we're just two guys on the opposite sides of the world um james has designed the watch i know someone at a factory in china and it's not that easy to persuade people to to buy a watch so we just knew we had to sell it at cost just to get some sort of exposure and we've had yeah. reviews from five or six other channels um the watch went down really really well so it was sort of worth it because you know if we can start to now grow a business um, and that was done on the foundation of selling 100 watches at cost. 
then quite honestly, it was worth it. Um, yeah, for sure. That's your, that's def definitely your loss leader and building that relationship yeah. with both your clients and your manufacturer is extremely important. How, how, how you make it happen. I mean, you sacrifice money, but that's okay because getting somebody's trust is, is you can't put a price on that, you know? So no. I think you guys did the right thing. Uh, especially like you said, you're, you're basically saying we're nobodies, right? I have some kind yeah. of representation on YouTube, but you know, I mean, out of the 7,000 subscribers that you have, or I don't know how many you had then, it's like, how do you convince every single one of them to basically have faith in you? They don't know you. Yeah. You're just a guy behind the screen, you know? So this is pretty difficult. It's difficult for sure. So, Will it pay it out? Yes, sir. Okay, now tell us more about the new watch and when it's launching. And I hope that we here at the SoCal Watch Reviews get an opportunity to review this watch when it's dropped. But anyway, shameless no plug. Go ahead, answer the question. We good. I'm we sure. Good. I'm sure we can get a watch over to you to review. Um, I'm going to let James answer this one. Now, go for it, James. Okay, so I've always wanted to do this, and um, I'm just going to share my screen. Oh, you disabled screen sharing. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I guess you could keep talking. Let me. Uh, let me try to figure this one out. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to share my screen because I was actually going to open up my 3D rendering program. Oh, okay. You could try it now. Let me see if that works. Let's do that. Do you see this? Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. so anybody uh, listening, you should go to um, you should go to my YouTube channel to check out this video so you could see the 3D rendering that we're looking at. Very cool. All right. Thank you. Um, so for the podcast listeners, what you're seeing right now is just the head of the watch. Um, Everything in this watch, all the angles, all the tolerances are set uh, pretty much by me. Um, That's so crazy. At the very beginning, when you're talking about engineering costs, uh, basically all of that is waived because I'm doing this for free, quote unquote. Um, so, you know, this isn't my full time job, but I love this as a hobby. So I don't really count the hours that I put in, but I can tell you it's a lot of hours. Um, what you're seeing right now is a 38 millimeter watch in a okay. millimeter case. So what that means is that the bezel is actually 37, 38 millimeters, but then it actually fits like a 37 millimeters watch. And that is very important because the number one thing that I wanted with this watch was to make it very comfortable. Um, so I had to look at the two brands that were very, very comfortable when I wore them. Uh, do you want to take a guess at what these two brands were? Uh, is it micro brands or is it mainstream? Mainstream brands. Very, very large brands. Just letting you know. Seiko. Hmm. Seiko's number one. It's number two. Uh, 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 Orient? I don't know. Number two is Richard Mill. Ooh. Uh, yes. Wait, what? I, well, we should have knew that by the background of your, your <laughs> background. We should have knew that. Okay. <laughs> Richard Mill. What? Yeah. So completely different price ranges, but I can tell you that both companies somehow managed to make the most comfortable watch cases. So I needed to use design elements using both of these watches. So if we actually take a side profile of this, I took inspiration from Seiko by putting this little cushion on the case back. So when you actually wear it on your wrist, um, so I actually drew a wrist in, this uh, case back actually- Dang, Look at this guy. Then I took the elements from Richard Mill on their big dive watches. Um, what I took was the angular lugs that they use. So these lugs pull down instead of coming out straight. And if you make them come out straight, the watch will 
square a little too big and it's going right. to be awkward fitting a needle in. But when you angle them this way, it works with a bracelet or works with a strap. Um, so another thing is people said, oh, but this 38 millimeter watch might look too small for my eight inch wrist. Not a problem. So there's an eight inch wrist. And what you're seeing here is you have a full dial size. So this dial size here is actually slightly bigger than what you see on a Rolex Submariner. So legibility is uncompromised. At the same time, you have this uh, timing bezel here for the function and you have minute markers all over the timing bezel because uh, in my day-to-day -day events, uh, when you're timing, let's say a reaction or timing when an instrument starts, the exact time of the day doesn't matter. But what really matters is the countdown that you start with the bezel time. So what I mean by that is uh, if I just move this bezel, Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no worries. Still trying to get the hang of this thing live. Uh, okay, it worked yesterday when I did this. <laughs> did this. Um, so anybody listening, you definitely got to check this out because this guy yeah, is doing sure. a whole 3D rendering uh, show-off or whatever, showcase if, if, if you want to call it that. You can see why I jumped all over this watch when he sent me pictures, right? Oh yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been I've been sent pictures um, by a few guys with um, some CAD drawings, and that I mean they're all incredible. But um, I've got to say, his was the first I'd ever seen. I was absolutely blown away by it. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so right now, what I've done is I moved the bezel uh, line mark to about ten ten. Um, so, for example, if you get into the office, let's, let's say exactly 10.10, and you want to start a reaction 20 minutes, the 10.10 time doesn't matter. But what's really important is that about like 10.31 or 32, you're going to start your reaction. Um, doesn't, you don't have to be a scientist or engineer to, to wear this watch. If you're a businessman and let's say you have a presentation in like 30 minutes, you set your um, bezel to 10.10, uh, and then in about... Um, you know, 1035 to 1037, you should be ready for your presentation. Um, and that is why I made all the uh, graduations on the bezel this way, rather than putting them on the dial itself. Um, so it definitely creates an optical illusion. Sorry, James, just to quickly jump in. Um, there's guys that have bought this watch, um, this 38 mil diver, they've got eight and a half inch wrists. And because James, I mean, he's a really clever design, he's put all those minute markers on the, the bezel insert. The bezel almost looks like part of the dial. So it, it almost looks like the watch is just one big dial. So when it's on your wrist, um, you know, an eight and a half inch wrist doesn't swallow up this watch at all. Mm. Yeah. So Very interesting. When you're looking at this on an eight inch wrist, um, that's the equivalent of somebody with a six inch wrist wearing like a 36 millimeter Datejust, right? It's still proportional, yeah. but it's not super, super small either. Um, and that's, what I wanted. I want everybody to wear this watch, no matter how big or how small your wrist is. Um, wow. So let's talk about right. some more specs about the watch. So obviously you're giving us the, the sizing. What is the lug to lug uh, measurement on this? So the lug to lug is 44 millimeters. 44? 44. What? Wow. That's incredible. A 20 millimeter lug, uh, 20 millimeter lug width. So you can put whatever straps you want on it. Yeah. Um, and then I also made sure that the lug holes were closer yep, drill to the lugs. bottom. Yep, drill lugs, you know, mm. bottom of the um, lug itself. So you can fit 
whatever strap you want, right? Proportionally, a three millimeter thick strap looks the best, but if you have like a gigantic four millimeter Panerai style strap, you can put that in too. If you want needles, it will sit in perfectly. And That's awesome. That is why I chose the Lugos to be close to the bottom. Yeah. You know what? One of the watches that I hate in my collection because of that is the Seiko Flightmaster. The lug mm. holes are all the way next to the case, and it's almost impossible yeah. putting NATO straps on that guy. You have to like, oh my god, it's it's mm. so much work. Right, right. Um, so the reason why I think some companies put lug holes at the top of the lugs is so that when you wear a strap, strap and the um, I guess the case end of the lugs. So like uh, this part that you're seeing, so right. that's not exposed. Mm. So we put a strap. That's basically it. But um, this watch is compact enough where you don't really see that gap. But you know, it doesn't feel like a small watch at all. <laughs> um, Very the cool. Dimensions is that the total thickness is 10.7 millimeters. No way! Wow. This is on paper, right? So we can just hopefully even do this. So. That was the whole purpose of the Miyota 9015. James basically designed this watch around that movement because he wanted it. it no thicker than sort of 10 and a half mil thick. Um, it That's came insane. out 10.7 um, mil. It's it's incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So can y'all really talk about uh, some of the uh, adjustments y'all made to this watch versus the first one? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, are, what are the differences between version one and two? Yeah. So right now you are looking at version two because this does have the JNG logo on both the um, uh, the dial and the crown. Uh, the loom markers on the numerals are uh, enlarged. They are much bigger. Right now on screen, it looks absolutely massive, but you really have to just zoom out a little bit and then you can see that, um, yeah. the, indices, that the gap of the indices pretty much disappear. Uh, another thing that we did was the first watch, we had printed numerals, but this time we're using applied indices mm. and we're going to powder coat the indices. Uh, very similar to what uh, the Tudor does in the Pelagos and what Omega does in the Speedmaster because I don't really want these super shiny indices on the dial. Uh, and then I fill it in with uh, VGW9 loom. Uh, okay. Initially, I wanted C3 because C3 is the more legible loom color, but Due to democracy, people wanted BGW9, so that's what we're doing. BGW9, huh? Okay. Yes. Mm. Um, all of the uh, white-ish elements that you see are loose, uh, except for the applied logo. And Got it. And the date frame is loose. Um, what about the bezel? Any any loom on the bezel? or? Uh, yeah, fully loose bezel. Perfect. Yes. 120 yes. click? 120 click. Is it friction? Um, is it a uh, bearing? It's not a bearing, but it's using like um, a click spring. I don't even know what it's called. It's like a spring. If you, if you remove like a Seiko bezel and you see that spring with a... It's little... a friction sprint, spring, oh, I think, yeah. Right. So, it, so, yes, we are using a friction spring, but it has two prongs instead of okay. one prong. And what the two prong does is that it makes the watch pretty, have pretty much no back play. Um, so people who have operated this bezel uh, know it's pretty clicky, so... That? We're offering um, different dials as well, aren't we, James? Mm. Whereas the first one, it was just um, a date version only. There will be a date and a no-date version. And yeah. there will also be uh, a blue sunburst dial and a DLC coated version, hopefully. Like, this is what we're hoping to offer. Yeah, so yeah. this... Ooh, that's cool. blue knife. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah so 
this is going to be pretty cool because I think a lot of companies, they make their blues very muted, which is totally understandable. Like if you look at the 5711 Nautilus, um, I was on the waiting list for that. I can't buy one anymore. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Not on that. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> no, so, but the, the blue that they use on the Nautilus is like a very muted blue, but I want this one to be bright. Um, so that's why I chose this specific color. It's like an electric blue. Right. It's closer to purple, depending on the light that you put in. Right. Um, this is obviously a rendering, but in real life, it should look uh, dark blue, purple, depending on the light you have. So I let me ask you something. Sorry, go on. You got it. Sorry. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask about, um, so the no date version, obviously, that's what you're showing us right now. Are you going to have a ghost position because of the date? Uh, we are going to have a ghost position. Okay. And the got reason it. why it's going to have a ghost position is because um, Maxi does not have the supply to the Miyota 9039. Got it. At the same time, this watch will be priced hopefully less than 300 US dollars. And look, you're going to be really picky at that point, right? Like if this was $600, yes, it's going to be like a no date uh, uh, without the ghost position because we're going to try to supply more of the no, no date movements, but we're being... Uh, very careful with how we spend our money in the production of these yeah. No, that's yeah, it's, I, I, it's a compromise. Crazy. Unfortunately, we have to make compromises. Um, no, it's less than three hundred bucks. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 good specs for three hundred bucks. But I was going to say the biggest change, the one that James has been working on, and we haven't mentioned yet, is this tapering five-link engineer-style bracelet. This thing um, mm. has been an unbelievable challenge for James. Right, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, this. So when I first started driving this bracelet, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be so easy. It's a bracelet. Everyone do it." <laughs> it's taken me like three months to do, and it's just been like a hair ripping nightmare. Um, wow. But I think we finally got it. So if you look at this bracelet on the screen, uh, it does look like a true engineer bracelet, not a jubilee, because a jubilee has really thin center. Right. Right, And then over here, I made sure that the links were proportional at the very bottom of the bracelet and also at the very top of the bracelet. And it almost seems like every single one of those articulates, right? So it's going to be super comfortable on the wrist. Exactly. Every single one of these uh, links articulate. And um, wow. it, these links are spaced out to the point where that you're not going to have um, a place where you can't bend it anymore. This should be free-flowing, mm. kind of like the wow. same XKX Jubilee. This is why they're spaced out in this particular way. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Been a lot of work, hasn't it, James? Unbelievable. I remember about two months ago, he said to me he had 900 design files in his folder for this bracelet, and that was for version one. He's now on version three. <laughs> um, I'm on version a lot. Uh, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so th the renderings that you're seeing right now is actually not the file that I usually work on because I deleted a bunch of stuff to make this file look pretty. Um, the other one is just a complete, you know, dumpster fire with all these deleted files, half-made bracelets, and, and whatever. Um, and what you're seeing right now is pretty much the 99% final version of what we're going to have in production. And the minimum um, order for, for us for this bracelet is 500, so there'll be 150 bracelets left over. Um, mm. And James has designed a bespoke curved end link um to fit the exciton but he's also designed flat end links so the bracelet will be available on its own 
Um, and it is a really unusual bracelet um, to see a proper tapering five link engineer style bracelet that looks like all of the links are fairly equally sized. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one. Yeah, um, and, I got it. and we know why, because it's been such a headache to design. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wow. I got to say, guys, honestly, by all the specs and all the work that's going into it and um, the way that it looks, I really think you're undervaluing this watch. In my opinion, Snap I think. Too correct. Oh, yeah. of course. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think this watch, so. in my opinion, should really be punching 500 or close to 500, if not more, especially because yeah, of the Yoda I movement. The, I think the problem, I, I mean, I agree. I think it's worth that 100%. If it was a proper micro brand, if you, if, if it was um, Zelos or someone like that designing this watch, they'd sell hundreds, if not thousands of these watches at $500. Um, the problem is my channel is focused a lot on um, affordable watches from AliExpress. You know, the majority of my audience, um, understandably, um, are filmed or reviewed a lot of affordable watches so they're not an audience that really wants to pay 500 dollars for watches um and you know it's just james and i like i said um you know we've never met it's just a couple of guys doing this for a bit of a hobby persuading 350 to 500 people to part with 500 dollars for this watch um if kickstarter doesn't work it's not going to happen um, we need to make sure it works we need to make sure we sell enough watches so that anybody can get one. And, and so we had a really long, hard think about um, how much to charge for this watch. And um, we think we've priced it very, very fairly. Yes. Oh, more than fairly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Other yeah. note about the design is that uh, this looks like a diver watch, but it is not categorized as a diver watch. However, it still holds a 200 meters of water resistance as a byproduct of the design choices that I've made. So uh, you talked about a sapphire crystal. This is a two millimeter thick sapphire crystal. Mm. That's making it one millimeter thick might make it too fragile for everyday use, right? You're going to see one millimeter thick crystals on dress watches, but I want people to like use this in the most intense environments ever. That's why two millimeters is used um, as the crystal. Um, at the same time, the case back um, also has a little, um, you know, it's also a little cushioned at the back. So this reduces the thickness a little bit. And if we actually just do the analysis, this is a 1.5 millimeter thick case back. So it's rigid enough, but it still flexes just a bit if you're doing super deep diving. Wanted to use this watch for diving. Wow. So let me ask you, why is it not considered a dive watch? Is it because it's not rated by a by an entity or it's we just haven't put it under the iso six four whatever blah blah number test. i mean but it's still it's a dive watch nonetheless yeah. it's not yeah. a certified dive yeah, watch absolutely. but it is yeah. a dive watch a, i mean it's not a certified dive watch yeah yeah um, with that's a science twist have you shown the case back james you should show the case back um so i always sold this watch as a sort of um skin diver inspired tool slash dive watch with a sciencey twist Yes. Um, that's cool. I don't even know what that is, but that's cool. It's just conversions mm. and stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you what this is. So, uh, so this graph over here is a reaction progress diagram. Um, and this basically means that the starting reactants have a higher energy than the products. And this is the activation energy barrier. So mm. in graduate school, um, there were some <laughs> days that were just really, really difficult for me. And I wanted to procrastinate 
but I just drew this diagram on a sheet of paper and I knew that if I put in the work, I can overcome this really stressful barrier and I can be at a happier state at the very end. So what I'm pretty sure, P. Ross, I heard you saying earlier, um, that was exactly what you needed on the back of a watch. Yeah, Um, yeah. right. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's still so cool, honestly. Uh, yeah. I don't understand any of it, but I don't. I just it went so over it, my head everything you just said, but exactly. that's cool. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's all good. <laughs> um, and, and then the first line here, uh, it says twelve forty nanometers to one electron volt to ninety six point five kilojoules per mole. Did so, you say nanometers? Yes, twelve forty oh, nanometers. So this is referring to the wavelength of light. So physicists will typically work in nanometers. Engineers will typically work in electron volts, and chemists will typically work in kilojoules per mole to describe the bonding energy of their compound. Um, the reason why I put this here is because I've worked in all three of these environments, and this is the communication that I use to talk to different people depending on what their field is. Um, and then the conversions here from are from uh, metric to imperial units because, mm. you know, if someone's like, hey, give me... 33 fluid ounces of water, I'd be like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, that's about a liter. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's Oh, wow. It's just yeah. different. It's it's different. Um, some people, like, they have a case back of, like, some dude with, you know, I tried it and saying, I'm the Shark Diver 9000. But, you know, <laughs> I don't want to put that on. James, yeah. wa- James wanted a watch that he could use to cheat in exams, basically. Basically, yeah. No, that's yeah, cool. yeah. He's he, he, he dropping science on this one. I got to clap this one up, y'all. Drop it science. Clap this one up. Thanks. That's cool. Uh, oh, another <laughs> thing is if I take this case back off, what you oh, see he's, is... he's still flexing. Go ahead, flex. Go ahead, flex. <laughs> still flexing. Go ahead. Um, so, sorry. He's a Viton O-rings. Oh, crap. Viton mm. Because it's very chemical resistant, but it's also very water resistant. And then, if you want to service in the future, you can buy these things off of eBay, AliExpress, and put in new gaskets. Because I want this watch to be serviced by anyone who wants to fix their watch, right? Um, if you don't know how to take apart a Miura 9015, that's fine. Just buy a new one, slap it in. I don't want to be like another micro brand when they're like, oh, you got to send it back to us for warranty. We're going to charge you outrageous fees for doing a literal movement swap. So, I stand by wow. the repair. This was a scientific man. Flex. This guy I thought of everything. It. I love Holy it. I smokes. love it. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, you partnered up with somebody really good, right? Here. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're understanding why I'm front of house. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy I don't thought of everything. What he's talking about half the time. I just, I just look pretty and make videos. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, so yeah, it's question. incredible, man. Hey, congrats. That's you. You, you got a winner in your hands for sure. Um, that's crazy. How many so, dial colors you doing? Uh, Just dial doing a black three, yes. right? Three. But but the uh, DLC, right? Right. Um. Yes. So one one black, one blue, and the DLC will only be available with the black dial because oh, okay, DLC, cool. You know what? Let's just let's just make this DLC. Let's just do this, right? Oh, here go another flex. Yes, I love. Oh, look at this guy. He's changing the color. Should have told him to make it pink just to just to put him on the spot. <laughs> uh, I think I shouldn't be selling these watches. I don't know why I'm doing these videos, James. I really I think you should just do everything. Just let me know when they're sold. Right. Uh, I was playing with the indoor environment, so let me just uh, shift this up a little more. 
Hey, uh, after this video goes up, P. Ross, Omega, and Rolex are going to be knocking at his door like, hey, we need an I'm engineer. Worried. You want to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really worried now. I'm going to lose the brains behind the operation. It's just going to be know. me going, I like watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's cool. That looks nice. Give, give me one more second. The so, DLC version, I got to say, looks incredible. I've, I I uploaded a video recently. I saw um, it. Yeah. Yeah, and I showed a picture of um of uh, the DLC version, and I got to say, that's the one. That's the one I'll be wearing when it goes. Mm. Like crazy. Um, yeah, looks awesome. Let me make this look even better, right? So I'm on the render screen now. Everything's frozen because I'm on a Zoom call. But yeah, just look at this, right? Yeah. Mm. It gives you that like. Uh, SWAT team military vibe, right? <laughs> um, yeah, That's people cool. are really going to have to watch your video over the podcast, aren't they? Otherwise, they're going to be missing oh yeah, it. yeah, they're going to be completely lost. <laughs> oh, they're going to yeah. be like, what are these guys talking about? So if you're listening to this, we just went through this whole things with James. He just has his 3D software open and he's sharing it with us, and he's changing all kinds of things. So yeah, you definitely go to my YouTube channel if you're listening 100%. to this. Yeah. You're definitely going to have to see the visuals on this one. Yeah, no, this is this sure. is crazy. Wow. Well, hopefully we can get it made, and if we get it made, um, yeah, we'll hundred yeah. percent send you uh, send you a couple of watches, different variations to review. We curious Absolutely. to see what you think of it, but um, oh, it won't wow. get made if we can't sell three hundred and fifty watches. Unfortunately, yeah. that's that's the that's, so, that's the downside. Yeah. So let's talk about that. When is the campaign going live, and how can people support your your watches? Um, well, that was that was sort of the update um, I did a couple of days ago, really, because I hadn't produced any content on it for a while, and there's just been a lot going on behind the scenes. We had originally planned to pretty much have it launched and, and sold by now, um, but the bracelet's okay. taken a long time. There's, there's just been a lot of delays. Um, I'm hoping that in a couple of weeks from now, um, so it's the 11th of April, in a couple of weeks, we'll have everything we need to know uh, in order for me to produce a video where I say, right, this is what's on offer. This is what it's going to cost. This is where you need to go to buy the watch. Um, and I think it'll be Kickstarter. It'll it'll run for maybe um, thirty days. I think it is, which is the sort of optimum days, time. Right. And for those thirty days, I'll be I'll be on it, trying to trying to just promote them and sell the watches. Um, and we'll know fairly quickly whether or not it's going to happen. I think, but um, I reckon in two or three weeks, um, we should be in a position to launch that video, start to promote the watch, and then hopefully we can drum up a bit of support, get the Kickstarter live, and. Um, yeah, sell enough watches just to get it made, to be honest. It'd be, it'd be so, a real shame if we don't so get it I, made. And I hate to to say this, but we it needs to be said, right? So you put it on, on, on Kickstarter and, and it doesn't get funded, right? Which I didn't even want to bring that up because I, I wish you guys the best of luck. What is uh, option number two? You can't just let this watch die. This is incredible. Are you going to no, do a pre-order um, on your website? I don't website? think we'd give up. Yeah, no, I don't think we'd give up. I think um, it would just be a case of giving it a bit of time. Um, okay. And, and just trying to either raise the funds so that we didn't have to run the campaign and raise as much money the next time. Yeah. Um, because um, I think the plan is not necessarily to raise every single penny for the whole production run. It's just to get the minimum amount that we need to get the watches made. Right. Um, you know, exactly. James and I, at this point, we're not interested in, in making money, profit. It's not about that at all. It's about raising enough money to paint chronos to make these watches and then if we end up with watches that haven't sold we'll deal with that later we just need to raise the minimum amount um and just so if it doesn't happen the, yeah so if it doesn't happen the first time we'll just make another plan and, and just try and reduce that limit um you know that minimum um 
campaign amount that we need um you know but i mean it's frustrating because we know it's a, a good formula um but the amount of money that is needed to get this watch made so i have it in my hand to show people is so much it's just not the kind of money that most people have right um i did think about trying to get maybe some sort of financial backing or anything like that but i think if if we can promote the watch enough the product's good enough um we'll get the support and um, uh, and it will work if it doesn't we'll just do it again in a few months maybe or in a month or two yeah we'll just see how it goes cool yeah what else can you do yeah yeah that's all you can do i'm pretty confident you're going to be successful i hope so yeah i hope so i want one myself remember i'm just doing all of this so i get more watches so right right (laughs) right on your own watch so i want a dlc one that's all i want i just want the black one Hey, listen, I want the I want the DLC one too, and the blue dot. Yeah. Yeah. He wants all of them. He wants the whole collection. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. He wants one of every single one. Yeah, I don't blame. Well, that's him. fine. He can he can oh, have yeah. one of every single one. Quite honestly, he's earned it. Yeah. Oh, nice. I have one thing that I forgot to show you. That's on the bracelets. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, right now, oh, this bracelet is really dark. Let's just move it to an actual wrist. So, right now. Um, you see that the top of the bra- bracelet is flat, right? Yeah. You know, on the AP Royal Oak, when you do that wrist roll, that you get that crazy light play. That's gonna right. have the same effect because oh, of the cool. flat tops. But then, if you're wondering, oh, but if the if it has flat tops, it's gonna be really uncomfortable on the bottom. Don't worry about that, because on the bottom, these links are curved, and they're curved in a way oh, so my it's God. Sense, uh, you know. It, it feels very fluid on your wrist, right? It shouldn't feel like there's any sharp points, and this is why we put the um, the curves at the back of the bracelet. Wow. The only thing that we haven't really done is the clasp. So this clasp drawn here is not the clasp we're going to be using. It's just here as a placeholder. We're going to be using the same clasp used on the Kronos GMT, which is just a milled uh, inner with a okay. folded uh, sheet metal outer. So... The reason why we chose this clasp is because it is very thin for the watch, right? We, we looked at other things with, you know, diverse extensions and whatnot, but that's going to really increase the clasp thickness. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to um, eliminate that. I've actually designed um, a special clasp for this watch, but then the production costs were going to be way too high because yeah. this is an experimental clasp that, I, that I've designed. Hmm. I might be able to show you guys after this recording, but this new clasp that I've designed uh, is self-adjustable and you can repair it with your own tools because wow. if you have something like, let's say, the Tudor Pelagos clasp, are you guys familiar with that? No. no. So I think I've Tudor, seen it. But... Right. So that one has three micro, uh, three uh, sliding adjustments and then on the final one, you have a spring-loaded self-adjusting feature. So I have something similar, not using the exact same design because then I'd be like murdered by Tudor's lawyers. <laughs> mm. uh, I've already lost one channel, James. I don't want to lose another one. Right? <laughs> and we didn't even talk about that, Gary. But uh, uh, yeah, but, I'm not sure I want to. So, what what I'm saying now is like, if this campaign is successful, and if we sell all these watches, the profit that we're going to be making is going to be used for the research and development of the self-adjusting, uh, self-fixing class, self-servicing class. If you want to repair it in the future, because nice. I really you mean you mean when it gets funded and when it gets made, not if. Come on, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> we have faith in you guys. Come on. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we can talk about other things now. I gotta. That's I can talk very. About- <laughs> <laughs> 
That's very he cool. He had his fix of teaching <laughs> us all about uh, watch design. Wow, oh, man. man. So we, we got about seven minutes left. Do you guys want to talk about other things real quick just so people Go get for to it. Yeah, know you? Uh, you uh, James, I guess, talk other things. Anything you want to recommend, talk about? So this week has been crazy for watches in general. There was watches and wonders, right? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, man. So many things. So uh, many things. Yeah, so many things. Uh, some things really amazing. Other things a little more disappointing. Rolex Explore 2. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the new Brightlings, they look so Oh, they're beautiful. I agree, man. 100%. Cool. Uh, Gary. Yes. Other things. Hit me. Anything. Okay. I, Anything. I, I, okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask P. Ross, you had a mask on earlier. Um, have we interrupted you saving lives for this um, <laughs> chat? Oh, no, no. no you know, you weren't no. mid-operation. You haven't got some guy's heart hanging out somewhere. Um, you look no, like you're in a hospital no. saving lives, man. No, no. What I'm are you doing? I'm, actually not, I'm not in a hospital. I actually work for a drug dealer. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? A, a professional yeah. drug dealer. You know Does he want to buy a watch? Up. <laughs> hey, who knows? Who knows, or, man? Who knows? Probably so. Or a hundred. But uh, no, I work for a pharmaceutical company, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. You definitely, when you, when you first came on camera, you had your mask under your chin. I thought, oh my God, someone's on the yeah. table. They've got right. stuff cut open. Yeah. No, um, I just realized when we went to break and came back that it was a little bit too hot, so I had to take the mask off. I'm the only one in here, so I'm good. That's good. Thank you, P. Ross. Thank yeah, you, P. Ross. Yeah. I, I don't know why you didn't tell me that at first, Miguel. You saw it. You should have said something. Yo, you look fine with a mask. It's, it's COVID, man. I'm used to seeing people I thought it was a fashion time. statement, to be honest. I, instead of rocking the mask, I just rocked the gray tips. Um, they're, right, they're, right. Not, they're not real. Um, you know, I put them oh, in Oh, they're fake. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did, I did once um, use just for men and I dyed uh, my beard. It's a bit of a social experiment. Um, I went back to work in the office one day with the thickest, mm. blackest, dark beard you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. And some of the comments were absolutely uh, genius. I'm into my social experiments. I right. went back into work once with a wig as well. And the amount of double takes <laughs> I saw was fantastic. Funny enough, I... I, yeah, I bought wigs from AliExpress. I was hoping to have one for this yeah. interview. Uh, Honestly, the wigs look incredible. And right. I got one with grey tips to match the beard, but it didn't okay. arrive in yeah. time. Well, well, I'm never oh. dying, so I'm getting a little grey. I'm, I'm never dying, and I refuse to. Yeah, I just okay. did. Well, actually, the, re the, the real reason I did it was because it was my wife's 40th birthday, and I wanted her to just experience having a younger-looking husband for a week <laughs> or two. Um, but that was my that was what I was telling everyone at work. But actually, I was right. just curious to see if I could rock it permanently, but I couldn't. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't, didn't look good. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. Okay, as long as we're not interrupting you from saving lives, I'm, I'm no, really no, happy. No. no, no, I'm good. You're good. good. All right, yeah. P. Ross. Other things for you? Uh, it's been a WrestleMania weekend all week. All, all right. weekend all week. You know what I mean? Part two come on tonight. You know, it's been very very exciting. So this is the first time they've actually had a live audience since last year. So a lot more exciting instead of just like the the bland. Mm. Uh, they had a Thunderdome thing where they had people on their computer screen screaming and hollering. Oh. Okay. So now they got a live audience and it's, it's definitely much better. So Oh, it's different, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. like a live audience that's supposed to this whole right. COVID right. digital crap. 
But, I've got to uh, say, though, I'm really impressed with how these um, broadcasters have improved their skills when it comes to fake yeah. crowd noises. At the beginning, yeah. it was shocking. <laughs> yeah. It was almost, it was too uncomfortable to watch and listen to. But now, <laughs> right. now I forget that there's no audience there. They've got all these oohs and ahs. Right. They time them perfectly. I'm but absolutely blown the, away by the skills. The problem now. I have with that is like, like it may not be nothing to ooh and ah over. <laughs> you just be looking at it like, really, just it ain't even worth it. Wow. Hey, they trying. But you can just imagine there's some guy there with buttons going, "Oh, that's right. worth an ooh." Oh, right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. We should, hey, yeah. we should get those for the podcast. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little clap. So when James right. comes out with his 3D rendering, it's a little clap. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right. we, need, we need some crowd noises. Yeah, some that's what these podcasts are missing. Yeah. Yeah, all sure. right guys we're, we're we literally at about two minutes where can people find you and, and kind of follow you and, and follow the journey um i guess james will go with you first i am only on instagram jf okay. for watches underscore 99 nowhere else don't even try. okay don't even try all right all right gary where can people <laughs> yeah find you? i like watches on youtube and i like watches too um p ross you mentioned earlier i've got two two channels that uh, yeah. i tell you that is that is a useful thing to have when you get your channel deleted and you've got a second channel to fall right, back on. Right. Uh, people were like, why have you got two channels? That's crazy. <laughs> They're not laughing now, are they? Right. <laughs> I don't want to Right, right, for sure, for sure. Oh, so man. yeah, I like watches and I like watches too. Um, okay. I like watches is my primary channel. Um, uh, it's basically for reviews, that sort of stuff. My second one is just like a casual channel. I just waffle on a little bit, you know, and, and okay. talk rubbish. Uh, but I might have to get you guys on. I might have to reverse the, 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 you know, turn the tables a little bit. Get you guys on. That'd be awesome. Do an oh, interview yeah, with you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll be down for that. Oh yeah. Sounds <laughs> good. Anytime. P. Ross, where can people find you? Ross wristwatch love everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and check out the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast Facebook page. Blowing up everywhere, yo. Blowing up everywhere. Nice. So SoCal Watch Reviews for me with uh, with Instagram, with my YouTube channel, and of course this podcast. And if you speak Spanish or somebody you know speaks Spanish, Relojando is my Spanish YouTube channel where I do the same thing, just review watches and just kind of share my passion for watches. I Gentlemen, speak a bit of Spanish, by the way, just really quickly. Me llamo Gary Williams. Escribe G-A-R-Y-E-L-L-I-A-M-S. Oh, okay <laughs> these people didn't catch it uh some things you said right some people i was confused but uh, <laughs> no gary that's, that, that's cool <laughs> don't this style a biblioteca <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> anyway thank you gentlemen for coming best of luck to you with the watch you have our support let us know how we can uh, uh help you and uh Ooh. wish you best of best uh, the best of luck thank you guys thank you so much it's fun all right, guys. Well, thank you for everybody for watching and listening and stay humble. <laughs>